much like the most basic bump that you learn in professional wrestling, we're back. Yeah. <laughs> was I right I, or no, was I right? I don't, I don't hate it, actually. Okay, it was, it was okay. <laughs> okay, I thought, uh, yeah, wow. We are something. back with another thrilling, intense, and I'm going to tell you this right now, this one's going to get heated. Oh, yeah. But not, but not us against each other. No. This is going to get heated with us against the world. The world. <laughs> yeah. Of championship wrestling. You can go ahead and get heated at me because I picked this show. Yeah. Going along with my, mo- my, my motif of there's a match on this show that I've seen that I haven't seen the rest of the show. We've explained that 100,000 times and we're going to explain it 100,000 times more. Halloween Havoc 1997. That's right. I'm sorry. Thank you. I I texted you. I literally texted you. I took time out of my day to put words in a row. I think you even snapped me to say you were not... Wait, is this the text that you would not pick WCW ever again? I said that. Okay. Now I can't fully promise that. Because we have a lot of episodes (laughs) that we're, we're going to do in the future, I hope. But... I have to say, I'm personally sorry for what I've done. I accept your apology. Uh, this, this, man, we'll we'll get to it, I guess. But this this one's hit and miss. But the, the I I've never written notes in bigger letters than I did at the end of the paper. <laughs> it's almost a page of just angry. It's like a in a horror movie when they find the 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 kid's notebook and they have like drawings of dead people on it. It's like that kind of thing at the end of yeah. this shit for me. Like, holy God. Um, but uh, we should probably oh God, get today's event underway by ringing that bell. Oh, I was Beautiful. so scared that Beautiful. I was going to mistime that. Um, I am not going to lie. I don't have shit for the undercard. I mentioned this on the other one that we recorded tonight. I've been watching a lot of wrestling, and I don't remember a lot of it, because it just doesn't stick out. I've been trying to make notes of my undercard stuff. Do I have one here? What? I... No? No? I, I, guys, holy shit, I'm looking at my notes now. This, this, I think I have like six, maybe more pages of notes. This last Jesus. one only has a few sentences on it, because they're written so large and angrily. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um... As far as my undercard goes, I don't believe I have one either, to be honest. Should we just say fuck it? The card is only the back half. That's fine. Yeah. Because besides that, I already mentioned last week, all that I care to mention about Elimination Chamber. It was fine. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh... Yeah, other than that... Sure, let's get into the main event of... The havoc that takes place during Halloween times in the year <laughs> of our Lord, 1997. Uh, so, so, go ahead. Let me just ask. The year of our Lord. Yeah. What is that? Is every year the year of our Lord? Well, in theory, because we're in A.D., which is after death, and then B.C. Okay. is before Christ. I see. Which I've never quite understood, because that would mean that there's 33 years that were just unnumbered. Correct. Unless BC is just before death, but that would be BD. You know what? I don't know. You know what? We're going to go ahead and 
I'm not going to say anything else about it. Fair enough. Um, Slim Jim presents Halloween dude, Havoc. All right. Well, real quick, <laughs> if you guys ever want to just get hammered, <laughs> hammered while you're watching some wrestling from the last millennium, watch this show. And every time they say the word Slim or Jim, take a fucking swig. <laughs> Holy God. Or Jim. There's, there's points in this where it's gross. Every time you much. see it. You want to die? Every time you see it, too. Just, it's on the ring post, guys. Waterfall at the whole show. What a fucking deal for Slim Jim. That footage is there now. The, the, the network is the WWE network is advertising for Slim Jim twenty four years after. If you want to go there too, I mean King of the Ring ninety eight, they're advertising for Super Soaker. God damn it. We talked about that too. Like we who did. the fuck is buying squirt guns now? Who gives a shit? That was like one of the most 90s things ever. Just, <laughs> I got you wet. <laughs> Big deal, Derek. Nobody I had a cares. potato shooter, dude. Did or you not, really? not, not, uh, okay, so it wasn't like a potato shooter. It was like, I've never heard them so weird. That. I've always called it a potato gun. It was like, uh, the reason I call it that is because it was like a little metal, sort of like handgun looking thing okay. where you'd stick the tip into a potato and break off a section and go, and it would shoot out like a little bead of potato. Was that an actual product? It wasn't, yeah, I, I'd assume. I don't okay, know if I was using it wrong. When I hear or, potato gun, I'm thinking like a like homemade a, thing. Like a foo. Like yeah, that's the noise yeah, it makes when it, it, that, that it's going through some drywall. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that's a dangerous situation. I had in. someone come through my line at Menards who said they were building one of those. And I was like, just by the way that the dude was acting and like explaining it to me, I was like, I don't know what, I don't want to know what you're going to shoot with this potato gun. Like, it was unsettling to That's, me. Yeah. That, no. Besides uh, that, I just have to bring up the fact that uh, we still don't have a, another part-timer in my department. Thank you. <laughs> Brayden is weary. He's got a 5 o'clock shadow. He's also smoking a large cigar, which he did not ask permission to do. <laughs> and uh, In your guest room. That can that he opened was actually a cup of coffee. You know what I just realized? <laughs> You know what I just realized? What's that? We're gonna fix it. Well, I'm gonna fix it in post. We did not mention Berna's name one time that last episode. I would love if at, it put it in completely randomly. <laughs> it's just yeah, and then fucking Rudy Boy comes Berna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. It's no matter what is going on, it's some great point that, that you're making. And it's just, yeah, and then I thought that Berna. <laughs> that actually is too coherent though. It would have to be uh something like the next match The next Berna is Scoot Andrews versus Xavier. If I came to you with a gimmick and I came to you with Berna <laughs> <laughs> Alright, anyway. So well we have Berna out of the way here. Now, Thank now. God. Chuck Palumbo. There it is. Not on the card. Thank Thankfully. God. Uh okay, so this this pay per view was basically built around this Quote, Icon versus Icon. Okay. Hogan versus Piper in the cage. Here's my thoughts. I have a, a surprise for for a few minutes later. Okay. Um, so, I love Piper. I, I think that Piper is one of the all-time greats. He's a very influential person. Mm-hmm. Um, there's things about him that I don't care for, but, or didn't care for. You know, God rest his soul and all that but whatever. 
I'm not a big Hogan guy. I can defend the things <laughs> that I think we, I can defend. Uh, if you guys want to fucking get more into that, go back and listen to our SummerSlam 2005 episode. But, uh, <laughs> but there's things about him that I also cannot defend, and I won't. Um, and I won't. But to me, this is just a thing where I'm like, I don't think anybody even in 97 wanted to see this. Like, I, I think that even in 97, people were like, yeah, man, Hogan's, you know, heel and he's the leader of the NWO and everything else. I don't think anyone wanted to see Piper have a match in 1997. He was easily five years past what I would have called his prime. Yeah. Maybe even more. Like, and I, even then I would have to check the date. Because I, mm-hmm. I think that Piper's in-ring best match was actually with Bret Hart at WrestleMania. That match is mm. great. And it's crazy because Piper was never known for being like a great in-ring guy. Yeah. He didn't need to be. He didn't have to be. But he, I just don't... He, he, I don't know, man. I just don't think that anyone really wanted this. Yeah. Was the MG... I think the MGM Grand was to WCW what Madison Square Garden is to the Fed. That makes sense. It's just a note that I had here. Uh, right. Also, my, my first three notes. Piper was great. Heel Hogan was great. This will be bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you think of a three-man announce booth? Generally, I don't like them, and I think it's because I think they, I think they can be done. Mm-hmm. Generally, I think two is more than enough. Yeah. Um, and especially in WWE, when the third man is always someone like David Otunga or Byron Saxton, or Percy Watson, someone who has nothing to say. <laughs> right. But still has to, like, add something to it, so they end up saying things that don't matter and end up talking over the people like Michael Cole and, like, I ain't gonna say Lawler's name. Corey Graves. just did, you fucking mook. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna. Okay? Alright. Like, who have, like, they have things to say. Sure. And they're like... I think one man can add the color, one man can do the play-by-play. There's no That's the perfect dynamic, it's per- I, think. I think. that's fine. No, I agree. Uh, I will say I, I concur. I didn't concur. I concur. You've never seen Catch Me If You Can, have you? Mm-mm. God damn it! Um, that running theme. <laughs> we need... We, we, I had this thought the other day where I was like, there's so much stuff that I haven't seen that I want to, and so much stuff that I just want to rewatch. and I had this moment of, if I took a week off of work, I could just watch movies all fucking day. And when I had the fucking, when I caught a bad case of that fucking Democratic hoax last November, uh, and had to take two weeks off work, I did watch a lot of movies. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, the slow realization. Thank you. Was uh was good. Yeah. I really genuinely hope that people got that fucking joke because I don't want to come across like you know, an idiot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, like that. It's just so many things where I'm like, oh fuck, I want to rewatch this. Oh fuck, I want to rewatch this. And then I come home from work, and I I'm up in the morning and I'm going to the gym and I'm doing all this other shit. And I'm just kind of like, I need to lay down. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just don't have it in me anymore. Um. Anyways, uh, my my take on the three man booth. I agree. I prefer two. This one I actually liked. I I love Heenan on Bobby Heenan on commentary is just so fucking good. Uh, I like Dusty on commentary, mm-hmm. which is weird because normally I 
don't like that type of commentator. I hate Booker T on commentary. <laughs> hate with a, a fiery, focused passion. And uh, I like Shivani. I like Shivani more now than I, I... I didn't appreciate Shivani at the time. Mm-hmm. But I, I think he's great. Yeah. So, do we want to get into our opening contest? Mm-hmm. My phone just autocorrect that awfully. Can I just say it how it's written? I, I sure. Yuchi Nagata versus Ultimately Dragon. Well, not quite, but okay. Close enough. <laughs> I thought it was crazy that this was unannounced. They they make a thing of it. A bonus match, unannounced, unadvertised. Oh yeah, I remember them like, saying that. Ultimo Dragon was a thing for you guys, and awesome, and is still, I believe, working. I think you're right. I've, I've seen him... I saw him wrestle somewhere. I don't remember where. Like, he was in Iowa, like, two years ago. Yeah. Which is crazy. Um, Insane. And uh, I love Yuji Nagata, and it's quite... It's kind of wild to see. There it is. God damn it. I thought we were going to make it through a recording session. Superstar Braden over here thinks he can just come over late to record and not have his phone blow up. Okay. Oh, yeah. Anywho. Super greedy Tom over here (laughs) thinks he can go get his paycheck and not have to teach me how to wrestle. Okay. (laughs) Oh, God damn it. Um... I, I love I love new uh, ugh, let me try that again let me put my words together in a complete coherent fashion I love Yuji Nagata Thank got you. it got uh, it it was kind of fun to see him here as like a younger more inexperienced guy because like mm-hmm. I like him later on in his career he had uh, some great matches with Kurt Angle when they were doing the TNA uh, New Japan crossover there for mm. a bit I don't I, I like this match. Yeah, it was it was good. It ain't the late '90s without a transitional pile driver. <laughs> it's just very true, very true. But or some, uh, we're late in the match arm work. Yeah, Eugene Nagato kick a motherfucker, dude. <laughs> Stiff with a capital. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I actually had a note here. It just says stiff kicks. Um, I also they kept showing the flock out in the crowd, Raven. And, oh uh, yeah, his cronies, uh, Kidman looking especially addicted. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, I noticed that. Uh, I thought it was a good match, good finish. You know, solid opener. Yep. Um, do now, we have to talk about this? <laughs> we're we're going to because my 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 anger. So we're my note here also says this is the beginning of the inter- internet or the burgeoning of the internet. Disco Inferno has done this misogynistic thing for so long that I'm starting to think, is this a gimmick, Glenn? Also, I'm going to give you all a little preview for when we come to it later. I'm going to say this as clearly and succinctly and professionally and maturely as I can. Fuck Disco Inferno. (laughs) That was... Hold on, I'm not quite finished. And to follow that up, fuck Glenn Gilberti. Okay. <laughs> now, move on. <laughs> yeah, wow. Basically, just a promo. That doesn't matter. <sighs> That's all that, that so just to give the listeners context. Just, just aggressively bad. So, 
now we have Ghetto. No, we don't oh. have Ghetto versus Jericho because the motherfucker's name is Gato. Okay. And I was. Were you waiting for me to say it that way? No. I'm and I'm not mad at you because that's the only way these asshats say it. Ghetto, ghetto versus Jericho. Ghetto. It literally said on the subtitles on my TV, G H E T T O. <laughs> because of this horrific <laughs> fucking pronunciation. Yeah. His name is Gato. He's now like one of the greatest bookers of all time. Hmm. He's an okay wrestler. I'll say that. Great success. Not knocking it. Whatever. Uh. The youth on Jericho here, though. Oh, yeah. Holy Lord. Yeah. Wow. And Gato matches the ring. Yep. <laughs> Jericho's music dubbed over for his fucking Fed theme. God damn it. And what I, I don't know why it just says, been... stop saying Ghetto. I I have an, uh, a note that says, how do I say Ghetto without making it sound like Ghetto? You don't. It's Gato. Exactly. Um, <laughs> solid gear. From Jericho here. Yeah. Not as good as some of his other shit, but real good. Double powerbomb. Super Frankensteiner almost murdered Jericho. So, uh, having read his books, he talks about this. So that was a spot that he used to do. Okay. And uh, it's terrifying. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with this, Jericho and the opponent are both standing on the top rope slash turnbuckle. Both standing. And from there, Jericho would jump up into a Hurricane Rana. Terrifying. Even when it goes well. Yeah. It, it's it's absolutely frightening. Um, he had done it for years at this point, and uh, also trivia, Jericho's mom uh, was paralyzed uh, when he was young in a car accident. So he had to basically help take care of her for a lot of his youth and everything yeah. else. Uh, in his book, he talks about when this botch happens, and it's a thing where when you watch it, it is very scary, but the moment that it's over, it's like, okay. Yeah. You, you know, but that's from our point of view. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't fathom it from his. But in the book he talks about, he hit and his first thought was, oh, fuck, I'm going to be like mom. That's a terrifying thought. It's, it's t- so scary. Um, but then he's completely fine, finishes the match mercifully, and then never did that move again. Jericho. A trained professional wrestler. One of the greatest of all time, arguably. Don't do this if you are not trained. Yeah. That is the end of that Thank you. fucking rant. I, might I say, hate... I might say inarguably. Even if a person doesn't like his work, you can't tell me he's not one of the greatest. Alright, yeah. Okay. That, that's what I meant, I Right, think. no, 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 I got you. Um, but um, beyond that, um, is it just me or... Did this match not make Gato look like a fucking rube? It it's eighty twenty yeah. Jericho's favor, and I I don't know the logic behind any of that at all, unless it was just like you know Jericho's our guy, Gato's going back to Japan. Like, I mean, maybe. Also, real quick, um, I want to I want to touch on something here. There's a lot of people that are bitching about this whole oh AEW's working with Impact and they're working with. NWA and whatever. Mm-hmm. This doesn't help anybody. This, you know, cheapens them. This cheap... Fuck you. This has been going on for a long time. Literally, WCW had a working agreement with goddamn New Japan for years in the 90s, and people didn't either didn't care or thought it was great. Who the fuck did this hurt? What 
like, fuck you. They had an entire pay-per-view in the mid-90s that was WCW versus New Japan. Which is cool. And then now, imagine getting that. Even if it is AEW versus Impact on a fucking pay-per-view. Like, how is that bad? I, I, I how... Because I've seen this, too. I've seen people saying, like, this doesn't help anybody, too. And my my immediate response is, what do you mean? Because undeniably, there are people who watch Impact who don't watch AEW. There has there to are be. People that watch AEW. Speaking, there has to be. There are people that watch AEW that don't watch Impact. So it's getting eyes on both shows, more eyes on both shows. So, of course, it's helping their business. I don't understand how people can think that it's not helping. Right. And also, why does it matter? It's not like... I don't know. It's uh, if people want to do their like partnership, I see no problem with that. You know what I mean? I don't know. Fucking. Then there was. Are we ready to move on? By the way. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay. Then there was this very very quiet promo. I don't remember who it was, and then Mongo comes here, comes on the screen. He says some words in a row. And that's the end. Why? Why I, dude, Why does Mongo get... I don't know, man. Like, I, my notes here just say, Deborah ruled, and never mind that shit. I, I liked Deborah. <laughs> I thought she was she was great. But, yeah, Mongo, I just don't get what the fuck... What, what, what were we even trying to do here? What are we even doing, exactly. as you could say? But my next note says... Can you guess what my next note says? Here we go. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, here we go. It is the reason I picked this show. I've seen this match a multitude of times, including when I was incredibly young. I don't know how I had access to this match, but I had... Um, you know what it might have been? I had a DVD that was like the life story of Eddie Guerrero. It was like a two-part DVD. I don't know. It might have been right. on that. But I, I remember very vividly being a very young child, like eight, nine, maybe even se- like or not ten yet, I don't think. I don't think I made it to double digits. But I'm watching this match. I have very vivid memories. So I've seen this match 150,000 times. Why don't I just tell you? <laughs> it is Raymond Mysterio... Versus Eduardo Guerrero. Ray versus Eddie. I mean, they, these guys have had a thousand and four matches that are that are all great to me, at least. Right. So this the is ca- now. Okay, I'm sorry. Go on, and then I then I might have a hard question for you. Mm, I think I know what you're going to ask me, but um, so um. They had 100,000 matches, so of course this is going to be good. Basically, it was my final thought here. These guys had an undeniable chemistry and stuff, so this was going to be great. I knew it was going to, to be great, even before I, I had already watched it. <laughs> but uh, what is your hard question? What do you think is Ray and Eddie's best match? I knew you were going to fucking ask me that. Now, I, I, by the way, I'm asking you this knowing that I cannot answer it. I think, genuinely, I think I have to go with this one. To me, it's this one or the one at Mania 21. That one's real fucking good, too. Which is too. great, and I, but I think that if I were to go overall, it's probably this one, because we, we've talked about this a lot on the show, like, good versus importance. Yeah. I think this is both 
good slash great and very important. Mm -hmm. I think this is one of those matches that actually changed the business. Yeah. But it did it in a very uh, almost understated way. Yeah. Because an entire generation of guys saw this and they were like, that's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And then those are the guys that were the top guys... 12, 10, 12 years later yep. when they become adults and trained and, and start working and succeed. Mm -hmm. So, personally, in my, my opinion, because I go back and forth between this match and Eddie and Brock as, like, what is my uh, favorite yeah. What is my favorite Eddie match. Sure. So I'd have to say, if it comes down to Eddie and Ray only, I have to say it's got to be this match for me personally. Okay, fair enough. Um, it's great. I actually, I it's actually have a great. note here that says one of my favorite matches ever. <laughs> yeah, it, I, it, absolutely. Um, the pace in this, it's just blistering pace. Good um, gear from both, I'll say first. You are correct, and I want to. we're going to go on a side tangent, and I kind of hate that we already mentioned Burna on this. Uh, so Ray's gear in this, it's not just that the mask is attached to the bodysuit. This is one of the early versions of, because he's known for doing the superhero, almost yep. cosplay-esque gears. Mm -hmm. This is a play on The Phantom, mm -hmm. a movie that came out that year. It was a big superhero movie starring Billy Zane and everything. That movie fucking sucks. <laughs> and Berna absolutely loves it and thinks that it's great. Well, he also likes The Suicide Squad, so... God damn it! But, like, I'm here to tell you this right now. The Phantom is not a good movie. <laughs> if you watch it, he is a stupid character. He's a useless superhero. He is bad at his... The Phantom is a waste. <laughs> Why are you so mad about I, this? It's crazy to me how bad it is. Here's here's my perspective. Never seen the movie. Don't. The gear is fucking awesome. The gear is great. I have a figure of this the gear's gear. The better than the movie. That is true. <laughs> I'm just taking your word on that. I have a Mattel figure of this gear from Rey Mysterio, and it is phenomenal. That is all I will say. I also have a Mattel figure of this Eddie gear, but that's besides the point. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, we talked about the pace, like the, um, things to note I have. I just have a list of just things to, to note that happened. First of all, the bump off the apron when he, yeah, just, yeah. Picks oh, the leg. God. Yeah, dude. Wild, wild stuff. There's a lot of crazy bumps in this, honestly. Um, a lot of crazy spots, a lot of just super innovative. The backflip DDT. Yeah. Which by um, Eddie's own thing and Ray's own mission, that was the only time they ever got it. Really? Yeah. They they went back to that spot several times, and it's just not... I don't... Couldn't get it. Hmm. I don't know why I feel like they've done it 100,000 times. It, they did, but that was the only time it looked... Primo. Great, yeah. Well, Epico. No. <laughs> oh, great. They no. still have jobs, by the way. How? Still have fucking jobs. How? Yeah. All right. Well... I think it's a, a, a situation, you've never seen Office Space, that's fine, but I think it's a situation like that where it's like, yeah, we fired him, but there was a glitch in the payroll, so he's, they, they've still been getting checks. I'm kind of offended that you've assumed that I have not seen this movie. Now, you are correct. Okay. But, now you're not even asking me if I've seen it? No, I'm not going to waste my time. Come on, man. <laughs> I can't even get a goddammit out of you. Office Space is one that's... It's not what I'm going to call obscure. It was obscure for years. That's one where I'm like, if somebody hasn't seen it, it's like, yeah, you probably haven't seen it. All right. Well, basically, uh, other things to note. I mean, of course, everyone has seen it. The, um, I think it's like a tope con hilo over the top rope and catches into the Rana. 
Oh, I'm sure. Like, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Like, how do you... You have a man flying at you. Yeah. And you have enough strength and timing to um, catch him and then direct him in a way that throws you. Like, that. just the logistics of pulling that off is wild to me. Um, then, I mean, Eddie's powerbomb was also always vicious, and I love it. Um... I I had a thought in this match that I've never had before, and I wrote it down. I I want to get your thoughts on it. I think Eddie Guerrero is the master of the fucking backbreaker. It's very crisp. He has like seven or eight in this match that are fucking phenomenal, including the one yeah. where Ray goes for the Rana catches him out of ca- the air. Yeah, dude, Eddie Guerrero was the master of the backbreaker, and none of you at home. At WowEd Podcast, at W-A-W-E-D Podcast, tweet at me. You can't convince me otherwise. So, there's that. Um, finish is uh, Eddie's on the middle rope and holding Ray for a crucifix powerbomb. Yep. Throws him up and catches the Rana off the middle rope. One, two, three. Brilliant. Terrifying. Another one, just terrifying. I think Rana's off the ropes are just fucking terrifying. Uh... Just because of the height involved? Well, that might be it, because I think Rana's in, in general are terrifying. When we went over Rana's in uh, training, I didn't want to let go of your head. Right. I just, I don't like the idea of throwing my body backwards. So fuck it, I'll do a head scissors. Um, yeah, um, incredible match. My, my last note on this match is, Incredible match, one of the all-time classics, and the best thing WCW ever did. <laughs> yeah, I uh, can't argue that. I think uh, it might be, like, bell-to-bell, like, in the ring. Foo, this is a top five, maybe even top three match for WCW ever. Yeah. And I, I say this, I think that even WCW fans and supporters would agree with that. Yeah. Take that, Guthrie. Yeah, Guthrie. We have heat with Guthrie. <laughs> we have heat with Guthrie because we are correct and he's not. Because WCW is not good. And he seems to think that there's a, at yeah. least one show out there. He's I don't very believe. Angry about it. He is. He's probably going to send us a Snapchat. Hey, I listened to your podcast and you were talking shit about Vermont again. I'll do an impression of you on my podcast. It's my <laughs> show. Wow, I don't know what we even got off to here. Um, so yeah, make sure you call me at phone number <laughs> no longer active. We had this promo with me and Gene telling you to call this hotline or whatever. And above the, um, phone number, it just says phone number no longer active. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, yes. Um, now for a hard shift in gears. There's a fucking Hogan promo. Yeah. That doesn't really make any sense. Um, also, I noticed that at the start of this promo, there's this like beat where they're both just standing there, and then it's like, yo, we're rolling, and then they start. It's very, very brief. It's like when he's uh, holding Elizabeth's hand. <laughs> How's tis on? That clip is, <laughs> is fucking incredible. But basically, my note for this promo is it's basically just a really long way to say, that don't work for me, brother. Which is Hogan. Oh, dude. Which is Hogan. And, and it's so long. And, like, I, I, by the way, I hate 
and I hate how often this gets brought up in wrestling, the safe working environment. Whenever oh, people do this, yeah. like, this is not a safe work. Motherfucker, you are in a combat situation. Your job is to go <laughs> to a building, get in a ring, and beat someone until they cannot respond to a three count or until they submit. Fuck you for winning. Yeah, what, yeah. what safety are you looking for? I have no fucking clue. Uh, do we have... Yeah, we have to. Here comes Mongo. The next match is... Yeah. Mongo versus... Das Wonderkid, Alex Wright. I never once heard... Uh, one of my notes here says, make Braden do the dance. Oh, oh man. He's standing up for it. Ladies and gentlemen, please remove the headset. Yes. Yes, this is glorious. This is why we need to be on YouTube. Why did you make me do that, man? <laughs> and why did I agree? I didn't have to do that. Well, I might have. You, you'd... I don't know. You could have easily just said no. Um, starter <laughs> so, gear for all around for both guys. This, this sucks. This is sucks and whoever made this match. I Okay, I'm going to read three notes here in a, in a row. What is Mongo? What <laughs> is Mongo? Mongo is a hydrant. <laughs> he, god damn it, he moves like a fucking cross-eyed cow on a lopsided skateboard. It's fucking disgraceful. This guy played in the NFL. This guy went to the fucking Super Bowl. How the Christ? He like, couldn't run a play without tripping over his damn shoelaces. Dude, he... Here's the thing. I have a note that answers your question. All right. And my note simply says, Mongo is Mongo. Great answer. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. Either you know or you don't. Watch that lucha pass. Oh, that lucha pass, dude. He's when he running starts... like he's in some sort of a fucking band. <laughs> like it, it's it's fucking disgraceful. Like one of my other notes here, by the way, because uh, I, I want to get to the, the the end of this as fast as we can. One of my other notes here. So Mongo goes over with the tombstone, which was his finish. And I'm like watching this, and I go, "How do you have one of the worst, most uncoordinated people of all, to ever step foot in a fucking ring, and you decide your finish is going to be one of the most dangerous fucking moves that there is?" <laughs> I would trust William Tell to shoot a fucking apple off my head with a goddamned arrow before I would trust <laughs> Mongo to do anything to me. <laughs> then the, this finish, yeah. it just was. The execution of it was really what bothered me. Because I get what the idea was. But the fact that Mongo somehow did not fucking see a yak vault over the top rope. Dude, it's it's just so, just awful. And the fact that Charles Robinson did not feel that spear hit him in the back of the legs or see Goldberg... Hitting the jackhammer. Nobody see, hear, feel any of it. Like, my note here just says everyone looks moronic. It, honestly, it makes Goldberg look stupid. Yeah. It makes Alex Wright look stupid. It makes Mongo look stupid, which I don't care about. <laughs> like, the only person on this, <laughs> Mongo in any of this who, who, who comes out looking like 
decent is Deborah. Yeah. Who then gives Mongo's Super Bowl ring to Goldberg, who wants it for what reason? I don't. By the way, you know what? Fuck Goldberg. Uh, <laughs> what? I, I, I just don't. I never was really a fan, and then it just. It, the more time that goes on, the more I'm like, I just don't like you as a human. I watched yeah. the untold thing on the network about like his streak, and his first thing that he says in is, "I was put on this earth to play football." No, you weren't, Bill. If you were, you we would you'd know be who, only doing that. We wouldn't know who the fuck you are because you'd just be another goddamn rube playing football. I was put on this earth to play football, and then I told this earth to fuck off. I'm gonna be a wrestler. <laughs> like what? It would be like if fucking uh, Neil Armstrong was like. I was put on this earth to scuba dive. That's why I was the first man on the moon. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. God damn it. I mean, I was a fan of Goldberg as a kid just because I saw this large, jacked man. And I was like, this guy's fucking awesome. Right, and he seems invincible. Yeah. Yeah. But now I know that what I was looking for is Brock Lesnar. <laughs> sure. Like, don't get me wrong. There, like, there was stuff that, like, as it was happening where I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. Like, oh, what, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was, I would watch Goldberg matches as they were happening, but at the same time, I was always kind of like, eh. Like, it, like, I'm going to watch this because I felt like I needed to. Especially at that point. But I was just always kind of let down by him. I think at this point... And hopefully he knows this. I think at this point, Goldberg just needs to go the fuck away. Because there was a time where he was jackhammering, holding up yeah. the giant yeah. for a jackhammer. Sure. And now I don't even think he could give me the jackhammer. Yeah, maybe and I'd and post th- for him. And the thing is, too, it's like, you don't want to, like, I don't, maybe you do. The dude's north of 50. Yeah. Like, you don't, He's you've made your money. I had no... Go the fuck home. I had zero problem with the things he did with Brock Lesnar in 2016. I that thought was great. the match that, at, that at was Survivor great. Series was fucking unbelievable. That shocked the shit out of me. And the match at WrestleMania was everything it needed to be, and I, it was fucking awesome. I think awesome. that's his best match. A lot of people say Goldberg versus DDP um, at Halloween Havoc 98, which we will not do on this show, Don't by the way. even fucking ask. It's over three hours long, and there are multiple Disco Inferno matches on that. We are will Are you not. serious? I Hand to God, I won't sit through it. Um, if you want to see us review Halloween Havoc '98, dare tweet us at Wow Ed Podcast W A W E D Podcast. Walk out that door. I um, will sit in here in your guest room and I will not leave. Jesus. Um. Yeah, but I I think the match with him and Lesnar at Mania that that time the second one yeah is, is one we've of the best all matches heard the fucking I watched it not that long ago. I watched the one from 20, like, last year, because I was like, just for some reason when I was like, man, I remember that, it was bad, there's no way it's as bad as I remember it being, right? You know, it's yeah. just got to be a thing where it's like, we all hated it then, you go back and you watch it, and even then you're like, yeah, it sucks, but, you know, was it that bad? It's worse. Really? It is. As bad as you may think that Brock Lesnar and Goldberg from WrestleMania 20 is right now, you listening to this. It is worse than you remember it being. I don't care if you watched it yesterday. I don't care if you watched it live and never went back to it. It is worse than you remember. It's almost uncomfortable to watch. Really? Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Anyways, uh, so next up, there's a uh, Randy Savage promo. Uh, 
my first note here just says Savage was a god. Loved Randy Savage. Yeah. So good. I like uh, his um um what is it? Uh like alternating volume in his promos. Like I'll get real quiet and then I'll do something where I talk about I'm the man you and then I'll get real quiet again. Like I don't I don't know why, but yeah, oh yeah. Freak out, freak out. Um just watching the waves on the monitor. I love it. Uh, I, I I got a hot take here. Okay, Miss Elizabeth. Elizabeth. <laughs> um, not a fan. Never was a fan. I think that here is probably her best look. And I know a lot of people listen to this like, no man, the '80s, the original run or whatever. Here she looks like that hot soccer mom that just got divorced and somehow got the money and the jeep, and she's <laughs> out on the fucking town looking for some, like. South of thirty rod to take back home, rod. <laughs> Jesus. So maybe I find somebody to feed her horses. I can't uh, give or take away from that hot take because I don't any know. Any person enough. listening to this, if you've been in a bar in the Midwest, you have seen a woman that looks like <laughs> Miss Elizabeth does in this promo. The hair's too big. There's a leather skirt. The shirt is tight, but not too tight. Not too tight, not too loose. I think uh, we saw Miss Elizabeth's uh, um, sister in the in the line in front of us in McDonald's drive-thru. When, oh, when holy God. That's through. the fucking thing that we should... You should uh, post that video, actually, to the Twitter. I should. That, that's, that that's, would be... That's pure... That almost is the genesis of this podcast. It really is, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in case you're wondering, guys, we, we got stuck in a... Dr- uh, McDonald's drive through for what seemed like a hundred days. We're going to leave it at that because I will, in fact, post that video. So if you want to see that, once again, I think it's the third time now, at Look Wow Ed Podcast. Um, so, but what I was saying, I can't give or take away from your hot take about Miss Elizabeth. So I will give you a hot take of my own. All right. This is, this is purely just because I'm a young boy, and I understand that. I don't like watching anything from, I'll go, I'll be generous and say 95 and before. Like, I just don't. Okay. It's not my cup of tea. I don't even enjoy it in the least. (laughs) There's a few exceptions, but generally speaking, I just, I don't see any merit. (laughs) I like, I think I can learn what I need to learn about, like, or and what I need to slash what I want to learn about pro wrestling from the stuff that I grew up with and I like because it's fucking Eddie Guerrero. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just felt the need to put another hot take in there. Attitude Era. Not a fan. <laughs> like, I think I've said that before, but. I think also, and I, I kind of think that this is a thing that maybe I meant to note on here and I just didn't put it in. I, the Attitude Era is always attributed to just the WWF product at the time. Mm-hmm. That that was across the board, though. Like, WCW mm-hmm. was producing Attitude Era con- content. God, I hate the term content. It's disgusting to me. They were doing Attitude Era style wrestling, just their version of it. Yeah. And I think that's always worth noting. While I was first at first taken aback by your disgust for the word content, after thinking about it for roughly five seconds i totally understand what you mean it's it's uh, there was a uh, big thing that ah, fuck i'd have to pull it up i'd have to find it i think it was actually martin scorsese recently like put out about how he thinks that calling things content has cheapened movies 
and cheapen television. Yeah. Because yeah. now it's not special. It's, it's not it's art. It's not meaningful anymore. It's not art. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not performance. It's not. It's just content. Yeah. It's just something to put in front of your fucking face. I hate yeah. the word content. I I don't like referring to people as brands. I don't like the. I don't even like using the term brand. Just yeah. do not fucking like it. That's true. Yeah, I can see that. You've you've given me pause. All right, now let's press play. <laughs> that was a dumb joke. My next note says, "Oh, good disco inferno." <laughs> It's time to talk about says, it, Tom. Fuck disco. Now, are you a fan of <laughs> no? Are you a fan of the of disco in general? No, the music. Yeah, no. The yeah, only okay, disco that I enjoy is Disco Stew from The Simpsons. Uh, mm. No, I I don't like the music. I don't know how this is a gimmick. Like, I get it. It's like, oh, he kind of looks like John Travolta from Saturday Night Fever, but it's like. That's not... How is that enough to give someone a fucking career in wrestling? Are you saying that Alex Wright can make a, a career out of dancing, but Disco Inferno cannot? Yes. Okay. I just wanted to clarify. Okay, so... um, At one point, Disco rolls out of the ring for the hundredth time. And... um, And he says right to the camera, This is absurd. I agree. Yeah. Like, uh, also, the matches, by the way, it's uh, Jacqueline who would go on to, like, I would call pretty good success in WWF. She she was a women's champion. Uh, yeah. Pretty heavily featured. Against Disco Inferno, rare intergender match for the late 90s. This It's just bad. Like, and here's the thing. This is a, this is a thing that I'm very fucking adamant about because... Okay. Uh, wind the clocks back. Early 2019, I get approached by the guys that run Journey Pro. They want to bring me in. They've got this whole thing. They want to do intergender wrestling in Kansas City. I'm like, okay. And they go, we want to do it with you. Like, you you know, you got good promos. You know what you're doing. You know, whatever. It's like, okay. And they go, uh, I go, well, who, who's my opponent? And they go, Shotzi Blackheart. Like, okay, well, I'm not familiar with her at the time. And they're like, well, will you do it? And I said, let me look up some of her stuff and watch it, and then I, I'll get back to you. So here's why. I don't have a problem having matches with women. Any person listening to this, if you're a wrestler and you're in the in the professional wrestling industry, you shouldn't have a problem having matches with women. Your problem should be having a match with someone who is not good. <laughs> so I stayed up that night um, and watched, like, I don't know, five or six, maybe even more Shotzi Blackheart matches. I was like, oh, okay, she's she's good. We, we can do this. If I had watched those matches and she was not good, I would have been like, hey man, either I'm not the right guy for this or find another opponent for me because skill is skill, regardless yeah. of gender. Yes, correct. And I was like, no, this this is going to be good. I don't need to go into details. It's the whole fucking thing. But it's one of the best things I ever did in my career. That whole story was so fucking good and the match that we had was so fucking good. It's one of my favorites that I ever fucking had. And at the end of it, I fucking lost... And that's fine. You know why? Because I'm the fucking villain in this story, and she is the hero, or in this case, heroine. Mm-hmm. And then I found out that somebody else got offered that gig and said no because they didn't want to lose to a girl. Fuck that. Like, I would be... Okay. What's more embarrassing? 
a girl beating your ass in real life or a girl beating your ass in a fake fight. You get paid the same on the fake fight, whether you win or lose. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I'm big on, to me, wins and losses don't matter if they're done correctly. Yeah. A person can lose all the time, but if it's done correctly, it doesn't fucking matter. It's when it's done incorrectly that it starts to hurt somebody's career or hurt their stock, hurt their value. Same thing with winning. Somebody winning all the time doesn't necessarily make them a star, but it's how it's done that fucking matters. You know why people... Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, Bill Goldberg, uh, John Cena... Yeah, like, you know these are all guys that have so many fucking wins in their in their uh, columns or what win loss column, and it's not that the the that they won, it's how they fucking won. Yeah, that's what fucking makes people turn against you. That's what makes people turn towards you if it's done correctly. So like this though, because the build for this and this match with Disco and Jacqueline is so I hate the word misogynistic. I hate it. It's not that it's not applicable applicable here it is i just think that it's a lot of times i think that word is applied to things that are not actually misogynist yeah but this is stupid because he literally is like it's the whole i'm a man you're a woman you're not in my league you know get back in the kitchen horse shit and then he fucking loses so like one of the first rules of wrestling when you cut promos is you don't bury your opponent because then if you beat your opponent who cares? You just beat a schlub. And then if you lose, you just lost to a fucking nobody that you have talked shit about. Yeah. That only hurts you. That mm-hmm. only hurts everyone involved. And he buries the shit out of her and then loses. Now, sure, he takes bumps for her. That's great. And he doesn't do a lot to her. Whatever. Like, it, it's just hokey and stupid and bad. I mean, and at one point, by the way, Daniel, or I'm sorry, Disco Inferno claimed to be a better wrestler than Daniel Bryan. Publicly. Swore up and down. Just fucking. Uh, this match is at least 20 minutes long. And about three minutes of it is something. The rest of the 17 minutes is Disco Inferno getting in the ring and then getting back out of the ring. And they waste so much goddamn time on it. I started looking at Jacqueline, and I was just like, what could you be thinking in this situation? And then I thought to myself, Jacqueline is more hair than person. Yeah, she's a lot of hair here. She was actually good, though. Yeah. Like, and got better as her career went on, honestly. Would you say that she had the trajectory? Honestly, no. Because... Damn it. I I mean, only because... (laughs) Now, granted, there's a lot of stuff, I'm sure, very early in her career that I haven't seen. I only ever knew her to be good. Mm. Like, Fair enough. Awesome. I just wanted to... I just wanted Fuck to Disco Inferno. W- that was a pretty good rant I went on there. WCW gives me depression. Alright, so moving on. <laughs> uh, up next, we've got Kurt Hannig versus Ric Flair. Flair's losing. I noted that at the beginning. Red, red gear. Yeah. I actually did too. Um, so, I I very much enjoy both of these guys. I think Kurt Hennig is uh, one of the like as time goes on, it's more under the radar. Best of all time. Yeah. Uh, Flair, obviously, one of the best of all time. I've recently discovered. <laughs> Correct. And and these guys have had great matches against each other in the past. I, this wasn't one of them. I don't think. 
it just it was it, it was there. Fine. It was fine. It did, just didn't really do anything. It was it, solid. The amount of chops. Yeah. Dear God, I. That's one of those things that's gone like I think the opposite way. Where it's like, well, we mentioned it. I think it was on the other, the the show we did before this, but like. Oh man, Shawn Michaels only needed one super kick. Right. And now the Young Bucks are throwing them out. Sure. How many chops do you throw a match? Me? Yeah. One? One two, to three? Maybe three, yeah. Yeah. Ric Flair's fucking. All the time. I, yeah. I mean, that's one of those things. I think chops mean more now than, than they did back in this day. I think they do too, but it's also because, like, Flair was actually really working his chops and getting the noise. But you never got that swelling or that welts or that red marks yeah. on guys, which also back then everybody was abnormally tan. But then now yeah. you see like Walter, yeah, just making somebody into fucking mincemeat, <laughs> and it, it registers so much more with you. I just there, think it's interesting to note that like that's one of the few things I think has gone the opposite way. That no, no, I, I I agree, I concur. I think that, that is a thing. Uh, I sometimes I think the same way about punches. Really. I, I feel like people throw less punches now, specifically in, like, WWE, than they used to because yeah. everybody used to just throw so many... Like, if there was a dull moment in a match, they'd throw a jab. Mm-hmm. Sure, it, I mean, makes sense, you know, whatever. But now I'm like, I think that because people understand the, quote, reality of fighting because UFC is so popular and boxing is so popular, like, back yeah. then, as dumb as it may sound... You could get away with shit like that, and people are like, "Oh yeah, hit that guy in the face ten times," and now it's like, yeah, anybody over the age of ten knows if you get hit in the face ten times and you're not unconscious, yeah. what the what's happening, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, anyways, yeah. Bring back the catapult. Catapult's great. No, not enough people do the catapult. Agreed. Uh, do you notice the sound of the WCW ring? Um. I, I, I think I might have noticed it at some point, but I didn't note it. I, I've noticed it before, but I really noticed it here. Like, it's such a, a thud. Mm-hmm. It just sounds so painful. Um, yeah. Fair enough. The belt being put over Hennig's face while he's hung upside down and then kicked, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Lame finish. And uh, Shivani's even calling it out. He's like, why are these referees stopping Ric Flair? Hennig's in the NWO. Let him beat his ass or whatever. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And there's right. more Savage. Yeah. And he says something about, I'm going to tell the internet world. Which so I, I didn't world. I didn't even note this promo. <laughs> Don't. It's just them talking about, like, you can chat with us live on the internet. I have a note Okay, so after this match finished, I, like, moved my mouse to see how much was left. Over an hour was left at this point Mm -hmm. with three fucking matches (laughs) left. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just... My God. I don't know. So then we've got this segment with J.J. Dillon... Whom I'm largely indifferent to. Out there with Shivani. Talking about Slim Jim presents Halloween Havoc. But then, out comes... Is, is, I think it's Hogan and Bischoff? And J.J. Dillon's like, No, no, I got this letter here in writing that says Sting won't be here. Mm. 
So now you got to do the match, and Hogan's doing the whole like, "What? Is, this doesn't work for me, brother!" Like, God damn it, so bad. Uh, and it takes forever. Yeah. My next note here just says, "Oh, good Zabisco." <laughs> so this next match, it's Scott Hall versus Lex Luger, with Larry Zabisco as the special guest referee. Luger sucks. Luger sucked, he always sucked, and I'm not going to hear any argument otherwise. You can tell me, like, oh man, he had this good reaction in the match with Hulk Hogan. So did everyone. Like, oh, he had good matches with Ric Flair. So did everyone. Like, oh, God, just... Just... This match is built around things that Luger can't do. You mean... Everything. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Scott Hall's a guy I didn't appreciate at the time. I still, I honestly don't think I appreciate him enough. And it's weird me saying that and knowing I don't appreciate him enough. <laughs> no, I, mean, I didn't even know I, his I punches, because I know, um, you've said before, like, his punches are some of the best. Yeah. And I was looking at them at the beginning of this match, but the lack of good <laughs> right. distracted me entirely from even looking mm, at that's the punches. Um... A lot of fucking sleepers on this show. There's like 70 million sleeper yeah. sleeper holds. Um, I said this match would have been awesome 15 years earlier. <laughs> so, hang on. We're at 97, 87, 82. Holy shit. Yeah, you're probably right, honestly. Uh, I, I, There's a bit where uh, Larry Zabisco catches the cheap shot from X-Pac, and I actually liked that. Mm. He's just like, no, hey, get out of here. Um, I liked Scott Hall's blood gear. That was always cool. Yeah. Luger's got his shit from high spots. <laughs> oh. Uh. <laughs> My note was just, ugh, this was fine, uh, and then it wasn't. <laughs> one, one of the things I noticed about this was, and this is a thing where it's like, I think that we do it better now, guys. Nobody seemed to be too preoccupied with the hard cam. Yeah. And I noticed it during this match, and I'm sure if I watched the whole show, I could say it about a lot of them, even like Eddie and Ray, but like, Scott's putting him in rest holds facing away from it. There's a lot of work away from the hard cam and shit like yeah. that, which now it, it's just drilled into him like, no. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that never fucking happens. Like, even even uh, Gage and I will do, we'll find whatever side the camera's on, and that's where we'll do our yeah. rest pose. We're and not as as... as Aware of it during the match, but right. like at least during that part, like we're very intent on doing. But our that's post something. Or, that's a yeah. start, at mm-hmm. least you know. Like, and it's a thing too, where it's like, even if you're on a show and you don't have a hard cam, like say maybe it's not being filmed, or you, you know, it's an odd angle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then you work for the people, the the side where the most people are seated. Mm-hmm. That's your hard cam, and yeah. it was just odd. I I don't know. I just noticed it in this one. You okay. I just looked at one of my notes, and I don't know what prompted it. But it just said, I hate WCW. <laughs> uh, one of my notes in all caps here just says, lazy. Um, <laughs> what happened? Larry, Larry Zabisco's more over than Luger in this match. Uh, there's Bischoff at the end. There's too much Bischoff. Um, fun fact. So, uh, there's a Razor's Edge here. Yes. And then there's a finish, right? Mm-hmm. The Razor's Edge is one of the only wrestling moves ever. That nobody kicked out of. I knew this. Actually. This is fascinating to me. Yeah. Apparently, the, like, uh, 
the story I heard behind it is if he wasn't winning, he just didn't do it. Yeah, I heard I heard the same thing. Like he like, refused to do the move if if he was not winning the match. Like fucking more power to you. To be honest, I love that. Everybody should do that. I have I haven't hit my move unless I was winning. Like I I've cycled through finishers time after time after time. But like I I wish that I had had I wish I had had the foresight to have one and be like, no man, that's it. Your burning finish. Per se. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, nobody's kicked out of that shit. I only did it twice. Um, it's gonna be me. I'm gonna kick out of it. I'm gonna kick out of it. Son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> but then they do a replay. The Zabisco's all like, "I saw the replay." Blah blah blah. You get back in here and restart the match. And it does it restart? It's just a schmoz. Like, what the fuck are we doing with a replay? There's no replays in wrestling. There's no crying in baseball. I don't know, man. Because they don't do that shit now for good reason. I think you can't. If there was a replay rule, how could a heel ever fucking go over? Cleanly. But then at that point, he wouldn't be a heel. He would just be a better wrestler. I, I don't know. Like I hate that. That's why I said... I think that's why I said this was fine, and then it wasn't. Because that, that like, replay thing was like, why? Why didn't that happen in any of the other matches? Why didn't that happen in any of the other history? <laughs> like, like, at all? Correct. Like, god damn it. Oh uh, there was an ad for World War Three, which is the three ring battle royal, because they were like, "Oh, they're gonna do a Royal Rumble with thirty people. <laughs> we're gonna do it with 60. <laughs> Have you ever watched one of these? No, it's awful. Three rings, twenty people that. in each one. <laughs> so then, once you're once it comes down to, fuck, how does it work? I think it's basically once it comes down to like the last. Three? They get in one ring and do it? Fuck, I don't know. You know what? The dumbest rumble ever that Zawa did last summer did it better. Yeah, we did. Well, you, you, you start in the big ring, you get eliminated, go to the small ring. Yeah, exactly. I love it. I can't wait for next year when we have the 18-foot ring, but inside of it is the 16-foot ring. But, but inside, inside of, of that, that is the 14 And <laughs> then... We put the hell in a cell over the whole oh goddamn thing. Oh my god, we're gonna make so much fucking money. And then we put the Punjabi prison outside of the oh cell. Oh my god, and then we put the elimination chamber around the whole thing. Yeah, so you start in the pod, you come out of the pod, you gotta go over, over the Punjabi the, prison, yeah. through the door of the hell in a cell, climb into the highest ring, then from there, eliminate other people <laughs> until you're the last... Two, one of the last two left. Then it's a race to get out. Perfect. And I forgot to mention that the 14-foot ring has a steel cage around it. <laughs> yes, of course. How could we forget? This is very much... Uh, uh, there's a sketch comedy show I used to like called The Whitest Kids You Know. And uh, they did a sketch about a drunk guy coming in for a tattoo. Mm. But I always like because it's like... Uh, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> It's a two-man sketch or whatever. He comes in, he's like clearly hammered, and the tattooist is like, "Hey, man, like you're you're drunk. I can't give you a tattoo." He's like, "No, man, no, I'm not drunk. I know what exactly what I want. I want a tattoo right here in my arm, and I want to get uh uh you know uh Bowser from Super Mario, big dinosaur turtle looking guy. He's Bowser, Super Mario. Yeah, okay. He goes, okay, so it's gonna be Bowser, right? And he's he's on a, a surfboard that's on just like a little wave of water underneath that because you know he's surfing and everything, and he's just wailing on one of those guitars. But it's like that guitar that's like two guitars stuck together. Bowser on a surfboard, 
double neck guitar. Got it. Yeah, and there's like music notes coming out of the guitar and everything. Uh huh. Of course, obviously, how else would you know he's playing? And he's like wearing his sunglasses and he pulls them down and he's giving you like a little wink, you know, wink over, over the sunglasses while he's just wailing the guitar. Uh huh. Got it. So, Bowser on a surfboard, little wave, music coming out of the double neck guitar, pulling down his sunglasses, giving me a wink. Yeah, and I forgot to mention the pot leaf. Oh, the pot leaf! Yeah, that's all on a pot leaf, and then on top of it, that's on top of a cross because I'm real religious because my grandmother died. And then uh, uh, over the top of it, it says "Happy Birthday, Rick." <laughs> the best part too is that like I've literally looked it up. People have gotten that tattoo. As oh a, as my a joke, god! Which is a, an unbelievable I think, commitment. I think that's pretty fucking awesome. To I, be I do too. Fuck yeah! Didn't hurt me a bit. You know what? Um, I, uh, what, what day was it? That day. It was Tuesday night. Was because Tuesday I had night. planned on recording Wednesday night, but you know what? I'm just too fucking popular. Sure. So it was Tuesday night. I was watching this show. We get to this point in the show and I'm, and I see what, cause I didn't look at the card beforehand. So I see this Macho Man versus DDP. I'm like, okay, this will be fine, maybe. And then I see that it's a last man standing match. Fuck. So I didn't understand what the rules of this were because they kept calling it a sudden death match. Huh? I did not know that. Las Vegas sudden death. Hmm. Did not know that. Because on the, the I, I looked at the tab after I saw that this match was happening. I was like, okay, how much is long left of this show? Okay, two matches. And I saw it said Macho Man versus DDP in a last man standing match on like the little tab that they mm-hmm. have on the network. So I was like, okay. So I did not know that they actually called this a Las Vegas sudden death match. Is that what it was? Yeah. Las Vegas... De- uh, no, it was sudden death. Which, one of my notes here says, why is this called... Okay. I gotta find it. Sudden death match equals last man standing, which is not sudden at all. In fact, I would say it's the opposite of sudden. It's one of the slowest finishes you can have in wrestling. Yeah. DDP's theme, though, was cool. Yeah. And his shattered ribs forever. <laughs> um, there's a one time, there's a, that point where Macho Man stole a camera and then hit fucking DDP with it. And Tony Schiavone says, that camera cost a hundred grand plus. No camera that has ever been made <laughs> costs a hundred grand plus, and that's a lie because there's probably some really expensive film cameras, or like uh, um, uh, movie cameras, that are like insanely expensive. But fucking a hundred grand for a, uh, not even HD fucking camera in the nineties, like what the fuck? Um. There's a one point where the fucking ref gets knocked down, and then referee Danny McBride comes out. <laughs> uh, one of my notes here, but referee Danny McBride is great. Um, one of my notes here says, Savage does and does not get enough credit. Yeah. Like, he's always regarded as like one of the greatest of all time, you know, an absolute, like, pillar of wrestling. But at the same time, like, I don't know if we give him enough credit for the shit that he did. Like, he was, he always had, I'm not gonna say he always had good matches, but that motherfucker always worked hard. Yeah. And, and tried very hard. And tried very hard to stay alive whenever he was in the ring with Andre the Giant. Yep, that too. 
literally fighting for his life. I'm going to go on um, a slight tangent, slight bit of a tangent rant, a rantgent, if you will. Okay. This doesn't matter, but it's just a thing that I have said many times that I've, I know a person, my brother, I will name him, Dakota, who disagrees with me, <laughs> and it fucking drives me up the wall. The Diamond Cutter never was and never will be as good as the RKO. Never. Not one match has it been better. I, can't, I refuse. I will die on this hill, Tom. You can snap my neck like Paul White did to Hogan at the end of fucking... Fall Brawl 95. I'm... I, I don't disagree. Okay. To me, I think that... Uh, not maybe rough draft, but I think that, like, the Diamond Cutter was just a very good first model of what the RKO would be. For sure. Without the and Diamond I'm, Cutter, I'm, there would I'm, never be the RKO. I'm maybe. pretty sure that DDP had said this. I think he said something very much like this in his uh, Hall of Fame speech. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I don't know. What I'm saying is, like... Yes, it is important. It is a, an important move. Like, one leads to another. Great. Whatever. I love the Diamond Cutter. It's great. Yeah. It Especially will never then. be as good as the RKO. No. I No one also, can tell me. But, no, I, like, I, I think that, like, even thinking that is ridiculous. Because you have to look at it as, like, this is 1997. It was, the, the, the Cutter in 97 was what the RKO is now. Mm-hmm. You can get it from anywhere or whatever. Like, the whole thing was, uh, you'll never see it coming. Yeah. And that was his whole bit. Like, they, they did some weird thing where he claimed to have 30, which, to me, the number is countless, but 31 variations of the diamond cutter. <laughs> now, I don't know if this was a joke. I don't know if it was a Baskin-Robbins play. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. But, like, it, it, it was the same thing. It was just the 90s version of it. Um... This, um, I think this is more of a testament to Orton than, than, a, than a harp on DDP. But what I'm going to say is, even if Orton didn't, in my eyes, perfect the motion of mm-hmm. the move. Sure. Hey, they're both doing cutters. Let's just yeah. jump that hurdle. Orton has it way the fuck more over. And I think that's a testament to just how good Orton is. No, I agree with that. I um, also, I, I'll, I'll say this, and this is a knock on Orton, which I don't think we've done here. Wouldn't have the same career that he's had without that move. Fair enough, and I can't argue with that. I, I, I don't think he would have been a fraction as successful without it. I, I, I can't argue with that. He yeah. would never be a world champion with the fucking Ozone. Oh, this move sucks. It really does. Um, I, I didn't hate this match entirely, though. That's, like, the rules. What the fuck are the rules? Because there's points with the ref's counting, and then he's not, and then he is, and then he's not, and then it's like, hey, don't count. I got to go up top and do this elbow drop, and I got to pose. Like, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. Fake sting. Oh, Jeff Farmer's out here. <laughs> is it really? Because it's just the one with the mask. It's not the one with like the face paint. Oh shit. Um, that would be fucking incredible. I don't think it was that one because they all had the masks on. That's we'll right. get to that one, but. This one comes out, fucking wallops him in the ribs with a bat. <laughs> and DDP stays down, which fucking I would too. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a last man standing match. We've gone over this before. I'm not a huge fan of him. 
There's one that I can think of off the top of my head that we've mentioned several times that I think is good, Roman and Kevin Owens. But beyond, beyond that, like, they're just... And yeah, I've seen Ciampa and Gargano. It's fine, but it's a last man standing match. I sure. want... I want... I think what... I think... I think my main problem with a last man standing match is, like, it's so hard to get a falsy out of it. Yeah. Like, That's what, my main like, problem. What, how much drama can you have? Yeah. There and Jericho and uh, Triple H had a very good one. Uh in like oh two maybe oh one, somewhere in there. Um but yeah, like it, it's it's just a tough match to fucking pull. Yeah. Off. And I I to be fair to these guys and to um base anyone who's done one, I don't think I could pull one off to 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 the degree that I would be happy with it, you know. What I mean? No, I I've done a few, and it, it's it's very hard. You have to have like a very honestly, you just got to have a very creative finish in order to make it work. Yeah. Sorry if you can hear an ad in the background. I have a surprise that I want to play here in a few seconds. Okay. All right. Anyways, so are we going on? Or are we stuck on this? Like, what what do you want to do here? Um, I kind of think we need to go on. I think we do too. I think I've talked all of I want to about this fuck. King last man standing match. So, oh good, Michael Buffer. One of my notes here just says Michael Buffucker. <laughs> uh, Jesus, I hate Michael Buffer. I, I know we've talked about it on him before. I hate him. I hate his stuff. I hate his work. It's bad. You can see him always being like, "It's a elimination death match where the winner." He literally says in this one, "There are no rules. The only way to win is survive." Or I'm like. Huh? That like, explains to no one what to fucking do. No, it does not. So, I'm going to go on a slight detour here, but for a, a, a purpose. Now, Jim Cornette... Okay. ...is a, at best, polarizing figure in the wrestling world. <laughs> yeah. I'm not here to uh, promote Jim Cornette. I'm not here to put him over in any way, shape, or form. I don't agree with a lot... Of what the man has said. However, this match was advertised as Icon versus Icon. Mm. And it ain't good. And we're going to talk about it. However, Jim Cornette at this time would do these small promos on Monday Night Raw. Mm. And they're basically a Jim Cornette doing a Dennis Miller style rant. This match, uh, Piper and Hogan in the cage, literally prompted one. Now, okay. I'm going to play this. Uh, you have not heard this. I have not. Uh, if you have heard this at home and, you know, whatever, sorry. If you haven't, I urge you to listen. And I, I want to stress this very much. This is a promo that aired on Monday Night Raw, maybe the day after this pay-per-view that we're covering right now. I just wonder if any of you are sick and tired as I am of people who claim to be the icon of wrestling. Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper claim to be the icon. Shawn Michaels is the icon that can still go. Bret Hart would claim to be the icon if he wasn't too busy crying about being screwed. And I guess Randy Savage is still thinking, thinking. Well, Shawn Michaels is still the single most talented athlete in wrestling today inside the ring. But outside, he's an adolescent obnoxious jerk who takes the tights and goes home if he doesn't get his way. Bret Hart is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, but if he'd have been screwed as many times as he claims, he'd have struck oil by now. And Randy Savage is a legend, but let's face it, how many records did Frank Sinatra 
Cell last year. But the pinnacle of this icon garbage came at last night's cage match between Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper to determine in their minds only who the real icon is. WCW had the gall to say this is the greatest cage match in history when it was only the greatest in three weeks since Hell in the Cell. But here you've got a 46-year-old bald movie star wannabe who looks like Uncle Creepy with a good bill taking on a guy with an artificial hip that hadn't wrestled a full schedule in 10 years. It's a tribute to the massive egotism in my mind of both men and an indictment of WCW's promotional policies that this match even took place, much less be in the main event when the card was probably the best that WCW is capable of having. By the 10-minute mark, they were sucking wind so bad, the first three rows passed out of oxygen deprivation. It would have been funny if it wasn't so sad. Well, I'm sick and damn tired of hearing guys claim to be the icon, especially when he usually comes from guys who just didn't know when to quit. Roddy Piper was my idol when I was a teenager, but that was 20 years ago. Hulk Hogan, during his best years, was 50% media creation, and those are long gone. This match was a slap in the face to every wrestler that takes pride in his profession. And in my mind, no one man is bigger than this sport. But if there is an icon, it would be a man who has great ability inside the ring and professionalism and maturity outside of it. Let's leave all the petty backstabbing I make more money than you BS with the hat check girl and concentrate on talent and attitude. The Undertaker, Ric Flair, and Steve Austin have never claimed to be icons, which means they're big candidates to be just that. And on a personal note to Hulk Hogan, you are a household word, but so is garbage. And it stinks when it gets old, too. I'm Jim Cornette, and that's my opinion. I don't man, think oh, we, man. I don't think we have to talk about this anymore. Honestly. He said everything. Yeah, that, I mean, what what more is there? There wasn't know, one like, thing I didn't disagree with. <laughs> Wait, hold on. There wasn't one thing... There wasn't one thing I didn't agree with. I didn't agree... I agreed with everything he said. I don't know why I, could I, I not don't agree with anything. Like I, I completely agree with everything he said. Yeah. So like, I just wanted to play that. I thought it was absolutely fucking insane that that was on Monday yeah, Night that Raw is though. And insane. I th- it's cool to think of in that time. And I hate that like we're saying something nice about Cornette, even though he's a fucking dick. But whatever. Um, so this match, it starts bad. I hate this cage. It looks rickety. You know that joke that you said. We're going to have a match as if Orton were going to face Orton. Let's start slow and taper off from there. Yeah. This match is like that, but it's... Alright, we're going to make this match as if it's Hogan wrestling Piper past his prime. Let's start bad and taper down from there. Like, it just... Fuck the bell clap. Can I say that? Okay. I hate that move. And I just... That's one of my notes. Um, The cage looks like I could lift it. Yeah. And I am not a strong boy. Something else I noted, I enjoyed I I enjoyed this match so little <laughs> that I noted someone in like opposite No, someone on the same side as Hardcam was wearing their Sting mask backwards, <laughs> so it looked like Sting was just looking at the camera. <laughs> and it was really funny. Um this is the third match on this card where the heel does the whole I'm done with this shit, walks Dude, to the back and the face grabs Worn the fuck out, man. Third worn match the fuck on out. Also, this they card. brawl outside in a cage match. Yeah, they they said This whole oh, thing is they, like, they, oh, you can't escape, someone's gonna die. Oh, but they both they both escape at the same time. Okay. I they they, they, they built it as going. you have to escape and to there's win. no referee in the ring that entire time. The referee doesn't even get in the ring until later. Dude, they go to, like it, it's a thing too. And I understand that. Here's the thing: 
this is what they wanted to get at. Hogan's going to leave and Sting stops him from leaving. You know what's a better way to fucking do that? Hogan goes to leave the cage and Sting is at the door. Yeah. And he keeps him in the fucking cage. The cage means nothing in this. Dude, so they built it as you have to escape the cage to win. They both leave the the cage at the same time. So the ref just goes, all right, you can do whatever you want as long as when you get back in, then you leave. What the fuck? And then later, they're doing their fucking horse shit. And Hogan's just like, get in your ref and count. What? Nah. First of all, Hogan can make the ref count. And second of all, now pinfalls count. What? Like, I feel like Tim Robinson in the fucking nacho sketch. (laughs) What is, there's a rule. What? Like, there's five fucking dollar store stings outside the ring. It's fucking weird and dumb, and I don't know, I I don't even know what the goal was supposed to be. Because Sting wasn't like a cult leader. He didn't have minions. I don't, I don't know what the fuck this, like... The the build for the Sting thing coming back was overall great. I just don't know what the shit this was intended to be. I don't fucking... I, I, I don't like, know if, like... So... Um... Macho Man almost fucking kills himself. <laughs> like... Dude, it's unbelievable. Like... It, it, it's absolutely insane. Jumps from the top of the pissing rickety. Doesn't look like it would stand, you know, in outside right now when there's zero wind. I felt it. There's zero wind outside. It wouldn't stand. And he jumps off the top of it as if it's just fine. And he almost doesn't make the. He doesn't almost doesn't clear the ropes. And he does. I guess a clothesline. Why would you do that? You don't risk don't risk your body for a company that books this shit. I don't I don't know. Um and fucking the, the, what was the, it? Piper wins the fall that a... he takes too. Also, he completely whiffs Hogan. Yeah. And that's still not the finish. It's the sleeper is the finish. Yeah. Which is whatever because that was Piper's finish. Who cares? But Savage is up. The moment that this happens, I don't even know if he's down while Hogan is passing out. He's, like, running around the ring spazzing. How the fuck, like, when people be like, oh, you should sell more, you should sell more. Savage can jump and fall off a fucking <laughs> cage that is way too fucking tall, by the way. Yeah. And, and eat shit and be up two minutes later and people are like, oh, yeah, brother, fucking great. Like, fuck off. A shoot fan. so fucking hokey. It's, yeah, there's a fan, but then, okay, uh, one of my thing notes here just says, a fan? Never mind. Because I thought it was a shoot fan, but then there's a point where Savage is holding him, and Hogan yeah. is, like, taking shots at him, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't, I if can't it was a shoot make fan, up my mind I wanna, on that. I, if it was a shoot fan, I want to believe that, like, they would have beat the piss out of him. But that looks very fucking worked. That's and what I, I thought just too, don't but if fucking I, it, get it. His, his struggle and the amount of people that go after him looks like a shoot to me, so I can't make up my mind on that. But either way, 
even if it was a fake fucking fan and the, just a dude who crawls in, what? That's the end of the show. They left us with that. Yeah, that's that the was dumbest the close. fucking shit I've ever seen. That's the second WCW show in a row that I've seen where Tony Schiavone ends it. Well, we hate to leave you like this. First time when Hulk Hogan was murdered by Paul White, the giant, sorry. And now this time when this fan is being, quote, fan is being, having the shit beaten out of him. I don't even know where to start. (laughs) I would only, I would only watch one match. I will only watch one match of this show ever again. And it is going to be Eddie versus Ray. I will I will not revisit another thing from this show. That is how I feel. That was just... And the thing that I hate is, like, we talk a lot of shit about Hogan. Yeah. I'll talk shit about Hogan, especially in WCW. This, I think, is his best... The best version of himself. Because it at least shows... Me, personally, yes, he did this, he did Hollywood Hulk Hogan for me, personally. It shows me that he's trying to at least, maybe, trying to get with the times a little bit, you know? Yeah. With, look alone, even, if it's just that. But then he pulls some shit like this fucking match, and I'm like, okay, well now I gotta take that compliment back. Because that's a fucking insult. Yeah. An insult that you it's, think it's, that you're an icon and that you think that I'm not going to be mad about this fucking main event. And it's a thing, too, where it's like... It, it's almost very much... It, because it's a regular... Uh, not regular, a recent thing that we brought up. It's almost a Jim Cornette thing, where it's like, yeah, man, this is good. You know, this is great, whatever. But God damn it, then you went and did this. Yeah. You know, like, it's, it's a step forward, two steps back, maybe type of situation, where it's yeah. like... This is just, I don't know, man. So, like, it, it, okay, this show as a whole is bad. Yes. Eddie and Ray is as close to perfect and flawless as you get. Uh, five-star match, by the way. Mm. This got the coveted five stars. Um, I'm not positive, but I think this was the last five-star match um, from uh, either the WCW or the WWF. Until Cena Punk in 2011 at Money in the Bank. I wouldn't doubt if it was the only five-star match WCW ever had. That I would have to look at, but I'm not positive. But I, I know that there was this gigantic stretch there where, yeah. where mainstream wrestling did not get five stars in, in America. I know in 05, uh, AJ, Joe, and Daniels got five stars in TNA, well, which is the only five-star match in that company's history. Yeah. Which is something. But, yeah. Crazy just, stuff, but like I, I can't recommend the show at all. I, I, at all, I, I almost want to recommend say, the main event just as an angry rage watch. When you say you can't recommend this show, do you mean the show as in Halloween Havoc '97 or the show as in WCW as a show? Oh fuck me, both. Um, That's what I would I'll, say. I will say this: Ray and Eddie. If you haven't seen it, go out of your way to. If you have seen it, go out of your way to watch it again. But like. Otherwise, avoid this program. It's it's terrible. 
I'm still waiting, Guthrie. Yeah, I'm honestly, talking Guthrie, directly to you. Yeah, we know you're going to listen to this in two weeks' time or whatever. I look forward to your Snapchat. This fucking guy started a group chat on Snapchat called Grievances with Your Show just to bitch at us because he likes WCW. Oh, there's plenty of great WCW shows, good top to bottom. I'm waiting. Yeah, he's, you've yet to I'm, fucking I'm, suggest I'm here, one. We've put you, the balls in your court, you son of a bitch. <laughs> that is unnecessary. <laughs> I mean, I like Guthrie, but he's oh yeah, wrong. we love Guthrie too. Yeah, you're just not correct on this, it, which yeah. is weird because he's super smart. Yeah, you. Th- yeah, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, anything you want to plug? Uh, besides, tweet us. I think we've plugged it about four times today. Today but, on this on this on this, on this episode? episode. Okay, cool. But whatever, let's do it. Tweet us at WowEd Podcast at W A W E D Podcast. Yes. Verna. Chuck Palumbo. <laughs> Vermont fucking sucks. Let's just get them all out of the way. Yes. Uh, I I don't have anything for this one. Um, this was this was an interesting one. I'm sorry again. You should be. But let us wrap this up. I need to go pee. <laughs> not surprising. No, not surprising at all. Well. Thanks for uh, joining us, guys, and we will see you again next time when we ask the question that has haunted our fathers and their fathers before them. What are we even doing? Correct. Up, left. I don't even see the cursor now. Oh, there there we go. What are we even doing?